Wagwan. 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 You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Wagwan. Greetings from Jamaica. Researcher staff in the building. You want Talk. answers? I want the truth! Research of stuff in the building. building. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Wagwan. Greetings from Jamaica. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the podcast, Seeking Truths, Revealing Lies. I am your host, Researcher Staff, broadcasting from the sweet island of Jamaica. Here's a little bit about me. I'm an independent researcher, entrepreneur, teacher, podcast host, public speaker, human rights activist, mentor, truth seeker, and critical thinker. Seeking Truths, Revealing Lies is an evidence-based podcast. Join me as I review current events, geopolitics, history, science, and technology, and much more. Today, we have a very special guest with us. We're continuing with the Vaccine Injured series. So, Terry, I want to welcome you to the podcast. How are you doing today? Hi, researcher. Thank you for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. It's a fabulous day here. It's 1.40 p.m. here in Jamaica on May 12th. So, yeah. Um, We've been talking a lot on Clubhouse, Terry, and when I first heard about your story, I approached you and I wanted to get more details regarding your journey specifically. And I wanted to also offer you the opportunity to share your story with the world because um, the vaccine injured are going through so much right now. And I don't see the proper support group. I don't see the amount of networking to create avenues for people to thrive. Right. So I think it's important that we give a voice to those who need a voice. And with that being said, Terry, um, I just want to say thank you for joining us here today. And we're going to talk all about your story today. So I want to give you the the floor to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am a married mother of two uh, biological children. I have um, a stepchild at home. Um, I own a dog walking pet sitting business. But I actually have um, a, f- a couple degrees from school. I just don't use them. <laughs> so um, I, yeah, I started running a, my business a few years ago, and everything's going great um, up until a couple years ago when COVID hit. But um, yeah, I mean, I've I've always been very active in my life. I've been working out, doing um, cardio, and lifting weights for the past well since 1997. Um, up until, you know, just recently, actually, till July of 2021. Um, so that, that's, you know, my, my lead up, uh, try to eat right, try to be healthy. I've always been a really healthy person. That's pretty much, you know, the only, the only way to say anything is like, I've always been healthy up until now. So that's all I got for that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Terry, for sharing. Um, so, you know, regarding your vaccine injured, let's let's dive into that part of the um, the story since that's what we're here for. I, I know you're in you're injured by the Pfizer shot, but um, let's go into the details. So before you 
took the vaccine? What was the circumstances, you know, that you were going through? Were you coerced into taking it? You know, what led you to eventually end up taking the vaccine in the first place? Give me kind of the the thought process and what was happening in the environment around you. So um, I was going to visit my daughter in Florida. I had a grandson who was 15 months old, and then my daughter was also pregnant with another baby coming. And she told me that I would need to get vaccinated before I came. And of course, I, you know, I I don't usually get any shots at all. I'm not a person that, you know, gets the flu shot, the shingle shot. I don't do any of that stuff because I'm never sick. But I knew she was going to want me to do it. Um, And I, it took me a while to figure out how to sign up for one, but I did. And then I got COVID. I was sick for a couple of weeks, had brain fog for a few weeks afterwards, maybe four to six weeks, something like that. And I'd gotten better. And I was thinking after having COVID, well, I have natural immunity now. I don't have to get vaccinated, right? Well, because the CDC said that they recommend everybody get vaccinated, even though they did no research on people who had had COVID previously, my daughter insisted that I would still need to do it. So I waited as long as I could. So that was like April 6 of 2021 is when I got COVID. I waited for 90 days because I can't remember where I'd heard it because who doesn't know that's dangerous to add more Anna? Like just, just, I won't go to that part yet. But anyway, I waited as long as I, I could because I also needed to make sure I was fully vaccinated before getting there. So one day I was at the grocery store and they have a pharmacy there and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it today. It's been 90 days. I'm just going to do it. I go in and. Well, Terry, before you go there, yeah. right? Okay. Um, so you're saying that it was mainly your one of your family members, your daughter, that kind of was pushing you towards, you know, getting vaccinated? Yes, exactly. It was my daughter, unfortunately. And this is, you know, everybody's circumstances is different. I'm just asking these questions because sometimes it's a family member. Sometimes it's a situation due to their workspace, you know, their employers. But people are feeling pressure, pressured from different angles, you see. And there's various factors that go into it. Like, I'm not going to ask why your daughter thought that that's what that was, you know, the proper route to go at the time, because many people had this perception, you see, that vaccination would help so you know we don't need to go into that and i totally understand and i get it i just kind of wanted to understand the circumstances you you specifically faced um but let's move forward so um you were saying about the pfizer shot yeah i i tried to show her all the studies and everything that i saw about natural immunity and i tried to point out where it said it may benefit if you get the shot um i tried to point all that out but it wasn't enough for her anyway so when I went into the, to get it, I asked the farm, I t- talked to the pharmacist and I explained and I'm, believe it or not, I told them I had just had COVID and she asked me, why was I doing it? And I was kind of shocked that she said that. Now I wanted to point something out to everybody. Um, I usually really don't watch the news. Um, so I had no idea. <laughs> Actually, now that I look now, it never would have been talked about anyway, but I hadn't heard nothing about bad about the vaccines. And now I realize why they, they don't let you talk about it. But um, I heard nothing, I heard nothing bad. I didn't really like look because I honestly didn't think this type of thing could happen. 
Um, but I did have a really bad gut feeling when I went in like this, this may not be good because you just had COVID, you know, and the pharmacist told me, she's like, why would you still do it? And I explained to her and she's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I have to do this with so many people I have to do it for work. And I try to come, you know, she goes, I'm here for you. She goes, I understand it's a difficult situation. But you had that gut feeling though. That's, that's one thing I want you to acknowledge, right? Because when you're in tune with your body, right? You know, we, we have these ways, this way that we have this intuitive sense within us to know, you know, is this the right decision? Is this not the right decision? Should I do this? Should I do that? And sometimes we don't follow our gut instincts because of other external stimuli and forces. But um, we can talk about that one, um, you know, off air, Terry. Um, but I just wanted to kind of point that out because it's really about the science of the mind and not many people are familiar with controlling their mind and not being influenced by external vibrations by external mental influences through you know mental induction but you know i don't want to get too deep into that right now but i just wanted to point that out to you very interesting you were actually really good to point that out because i'm actually one of those people who has <laughs> i don't want to say impulse control like i have a hard time um but i it was my heart just so badly wanted to see them then I just kind of blew it off and kept telling myself no 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 you'll be fine but um yeah so I told her I wanted to get the J&J &J, and she's like don't get that one because you know people our age women our age are having issues and I said okay well what do you have and she's like well we have the Pfizer I said well I'll take that one then she goes this one has risks too but not as many and I'm like okay well what am I gonna do I gotta take one so as I'm waiting you know, they're like, it's probably gonna be 10 minutes. And I'm like walking around the store going, do you really want to do this? Do you really want to do this? And I'm like, I got to do it. If I want to hold that baby after it's born, I go up there after 10 minutes. I'm like, if you guys don't hurry, I'm going to leave. Like, that's how much I didn't want to stay. And they, they immediately brought me back. Um, and I cried when I got my shot, not because it hurt. Cause it did. I don't even know if it hurt. I just know that as soon as I got it, I felt, I, I tasted metal in my mouth and I thought, well, that's weird, but I'm not used to getting shots. Maybe it's normal because I don't remember. I, mean, I, I haven't had a shot in so long. And um, I just kind of ignored it. So, and... you, so Terry, let me just reemphasize that. You had an immediate sensation of a metallic taste in your mouth. How soon after the shot did you experience this? Like almost immediately, like probably like a few seconds. It was really, really, really strange. And I remember tasting it until I got in my car and I had to get something to drink. Um, and I waited like for 15 minutes and, you know, my throat was tight, but I thought it was because I was upset and I had been like not wanting to do this. So I just ignored it. And after a couple hours, I started feeling a little bit tired. And I'm like, okay, well, here it goes. You know, I had COVID already. So I figured I wasn't going to feel well afterwards because everyone I know who got vaccinated after having COVID, they all got sick. Every one of them. So I knew it was coming. So I actually, with my pet sitting business, I was doing an overnight pet sit, like kind of further out from where I live out in the country. So I was like, well, I better get there before I start feeling too bad and, and you know, walk the dogs and everything. So I get there and I just started really not feeling well. And I started feeling tingling in my hands and my feet after probably three hours. And I thought, well, that's strange. But, you know, I guess it's normal. I don't know. I've never, I don't, I really just didn't know. 
it was almost like surreal. It would like tingle on and off. And then later on that evening, when I really just started, I, I just kept feeling worse. I started getting like um, chest pains, like in the right side of my chest. And then my chest was tight and I was having shortness of breath. So I was like, well, here I'm sick again. This, you know, this is how I felt when I had COVID. Um, the chest pain thing was a little strange, like the chest, but it would come and go. It wasn't serious. It wasn't like anything crazy. And I really honestly thought, okay, this must be gas or something because this can't be happening to me. So I, I just relaxed and, you know, hung out with the dogs the rest of the night um, around nine o'clock at night. So my, my got the vaccine at 1.30 p.m. Um, around nine o'clock at night, I felt a pain in my right calf. And I was like, oh, man, what is this? So my brain started going, is this a blood clot? And I'm like, no, it's not a blood clot. This is, don't be ridiculous. You're having a muscle spasm. But I started taking notes at that point because I thought to myself, if something happens to me, I want people to know, you know, everything leading up to it. So I started taking notes. Like, that's how worried I started to get. And I texted my husband um, to let him know. And I texted another pet sitter who had been where I was just in case I needed to call 911. And I woke up the next morning in a pool of sweat. I was so sick. I had a fever of 102.5. I couldn't walk 20 steps without being short of breath. The light hurt my eyes. Um, I just did not feel well. I had the worst chills. Like I've never had chills like this before. I felt worse than when I had COVID. And I was like, this is awful. Oh my God, what is happening to me? But I was like, okay, this is just part of what I'm going to feel like because I already had COVID. Well. I just laid around all day with the with all the uh, curtains and everything closed, and I don't know what time it was. It was it was around bedtime, like probably around ten, eleven o'clock at night. And my hands started to feel really weird, and I looked down at my hands, and from the second knuckle up, my fingers all turned completely white, and they were numb and cold. Now that visual made me realize, okay, that's not in your head. Like that's freaking weird. Um, I shook them out, shook them out. One thing I want to say before you move forward, Terry, because you, you kind of talked about a whole lot a while ago. Leading up to the shot, you know, clearly there were some situations that was giving you a hint. Um, even, you know, kind of recapping parts of your story, the pharmacist seemed to be open towards, you know, giving you some form of informed consent, which is, you know, you're lucky you actually came across a pharmacist that was willing to show you the risks and tell you, well, you know, um, this one has this and, you know, people in our age are having these problems in regards to the J&J. I thought that was interesting. Um, but there's also a, a, an agenda to push Pfizer over the other jobs. So that could be playing into that as well. Um, but going into what you, you, you brought up a while ago, it's like these side effects that were seen the scope and the range of them are are absolutely you know beyond imagination when we took a look at Pfizer's documents that were released through the court order the one that Aaron Siri and his um, legal team were working on essentially we realized that in one of the documents it shows like about 1100 possible side effects identified by Pfizer themselves, you know, possible side effects that people could experience, you know, by taking this vaccine. So it's crazy to me that this stuff even got approved. And, you know, we can talk about conflicts of interest and stuff like that before we close out. 
But, you know, I'm saddened by the fact that there's not enough awareness that Pfizer is a criminal organization. You know, there's not enough awareness out there that vaccines are harmful. And it's sad, you know, but we're, we're going to share this information so that people understand exactly what is going on. But you, you mentioned right right at the end there that your hand turned white. like you, And you said you could visibly see this. And that that is what convinced you. So what, you know, tell me more about that and that experience and, and some of the other um, side effects that you, you started to experience after taking this, this Pfizer vaccine, which is actually a bioweapon. Let's stop calling it a vaccine. Um, back to you, Terry. I was only being um, politically correct. <laughs> it's not a vaccine. Uh-huh. Anyway, yeah, so like, I kind of like shook out my hands and they went back to normal. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make an appointment with my doctor on Monday. So I continued out the weekend, just feeling really sick, being short of breath, even developed a cough, which I didn't even have a cough during COVID. Um, Then I went to see my doctor on Monday. So it's a Thursday that I got it. And Monday morning, I went to see her and I told her everything that happened. And she said, wow, that's really strange. It sounds like you had an anaphylactic reaction. And the reason I also wanted to go was I wanted her to run blood work because I'm like, something isn't right. This shouldn't be happening. This this clearly means some kind of blood flow issue. Um, and but when she said that, she's like, you, she goes, I don't want you taking another. I don't want you taking the second one. I don't think you should get any vaccines. As a matter of fact, I said, OK, you know, I don't get them anyway. So that's fine. Can you write me a letter? Because I want I you know, I felt like my daughter is she would want to see that I really couldn't get it. And. That's a whole nother story about what happened after that. But um, yeah, like I was debating, like, do I do I lie to her and tell her I got the second one and just fill it in? And I'm like, I can't do that. That's illegal. You know, just like all these horrible things going through my head. Like, I can't get another one of these shots. I'm going to die if I do. But anyway, so she um, she wrote me the letter and it's in my medical file that I had an adverse reaction to it. And it's in there that she suggests I don't take another shot. And I was like, so what do you think happened with the pain in my calf? And she's like, I don't know. Maybe it was just a muscle spasm. I'm like, I said, you don't think it's related? She goes, well, we can't prove it's related. I said, yeah, but come on. I had nothing wrong with me before this. She goes, well, that's true, but we can't say it was, you know, we can't say it it caused it. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I leave. And and by the way, I was feeling better on Monday when I saw her. Like, um, I would still have the tingling, but it would like come and go. So when I was there, I didn't have the tingling, so I didn't mention it. But I did notice that my blood pressure when I was there, my blood pressure is usually like um, 116 over 74. And it was 145 over 90 something. And I'm like, well, that's weird that my blood pressure would be this high. And she said, oh, you probably have anxiety. And I'm like, well, I am pretty pissed that I have to wear a mask today, but okay, <laughs> I was mad about that. But um, I'm like, that wouldn't raise my blood pressure like that. And next day, I ended up having these really strange episodes. I would just feel like disassociated from myself. Um, I would be walking and I would like fall backwards and catch myself. And I'm like, what the hell was that? Like, I like lost my balance. And then I had the TV on and I could not understand what the heck they were saying. And I'm like, why can't I understand what they're saying? Like, I I knew they were speaking English, but I couldn't understand it. It was the strangest feeling. 
and I turned, I like looked at the TV and turned the guide on and everything was like double, like I couldn't read. My vision was blurry. Um, and then I also was kept getting this pain behind my right eye. But I just thought this is just all so crazy. Like what the hell is going on, right? Um, and I ended up, one of my clients is a neurologist. I called her and asked her how she reacted after she got the jab. And she said, I didn't get it. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> She's like, what, what, what's going on? And I told her that I got it. And she, I explained everything to her. And she said, I've been seeing new patients every week in my office with very, very similar situations. She goes, it sounds to me like you had um, a bunch of mini strokes. And, you know, that really freaked me out. I'm like, what? You know, like, this is crazy. What? I, I, I seriously can't believe it because I don't have anything wrong with my, you know, it's just crazy. So she said, um, I should probably go to the ER um, just to get checked out, make, you know, have them do a D-dimer and all that. So I go to the ER, you know, they checked me out, did blood work, everything came back normal. They even did a, um, a CAT scan, it came back normal. Um, and they told me I was just having anxiety. And I laughed in her face. Because I said, actually, I've been suffering from anxiety since I was a child. This has got nothing to do with anxiety, but okay, whatever. Like, as long as I don't have any blood clots, let me leave. Because I, I started getting annoyed after my doctor did that to me initially. Because I want to say something else about the doctor. When I had COVID, she actually told me when I said something about about not getting vaccinated, she goes, oh, yeah, you can still get vaccinated. She goes, after your two weeks after your last symptom of being of having COVID, then you can get vaccinated. I was pissed. Actually, when she said that, I was like, I, I, I couldn't believe she said it. But it, it just made me realize what I'm what I'm about to be up against, especially now that I look back at it. So anyway, we found no more. We found no blood clots, nothing like that. We didn't. Um, we ended up doing an MRI, um, and we couldn't find that everything looked normal other than like they said, normal aging of the brain, but my memory is crap. Like I literally couldn't remember within an hour, like I it just, things weren't right. And I, I, I would have a lot of period of times where I would feel like I was drunk, um, like disassociation still, it's like all these brain fog is what I had. I had brain fog. Um, the light sensitivity never went away. I would get on and off headaches. The tingling would still come and go, but eventually it turned into like where I couldn't have anything touching my toes when I went to sleep. Like I couldn't have the sheet touching my toes. And then I started noticing my fingers and toes falling asleep. So I, and I was, I was waiting to see a neuro, my neurologist. Um, I had to wait like three months because that was the first available appointment. So in the meantime, all these things started happening to me while I was waiting. Um, One thing, Terry, and, that I want to uh, ask you. So uh, would you say that you felt like there was um, decreased blood flow to certain parts of your body after the shot? Yeah, I definitely think so. And there still is. And I can't get anyone to take me seriously and, and check my heart. And it's, and it's kind of scary. It, that is as a result of probably um, the blood clotting aspect that we're seeing in the shots that's causing that as well. And maybe maybe there are there's other things that that go into it. I, you know, I'm not a doctor myself, so I don't really know about the mechanisms of action and all of that stuff. But um, I, I would presume 
you know, it's related to um, the blood clotting that's associated with the, the vaccine injured. But um, yeah, please continue, Terry. So funny you said that um, because I was diagnosed with Raynaud's phenomena and it's ever since this happened, my fingers and toes are freezing. Like they turn blue, they turn white, they turn red. Um, so that, and it, what that, I guess what that is, is your blood vessels constrict. And when they constrict, they're freezing. Like my fingers hurt so bad, I can barely use them. So, and I mean, in the house, not outside, like inside, I have to wear gloves inside. I have to wear heated socks inside my house. Um, and then, um, I was also diagnosed with, um, small fiber neuropathy in my hands and feet. <laughs> um, so that leads to like burning and you would think that that would like offset it, but it doesn't, it's this horrible, strange, uncomfortable pain that you get. Like my feet feel like they're on fire. My hands sometimes feel like someone pounded them with a hammer. I mean, it's just, it's just been a crazy experience. And then um, I also have something called paresthesia with the numbness that goes on and off. And I have peripheral neuropathy as well. And unfortunately over the last, well, it's it started spreading up a few months ago. I've noticed it starting spreading up my right leg and it started going up my calf and now it's up into my right hip. So like I went to the grocery store today and I'm pushing the cart and then I'm like, oh my God, my hip is like feeling so weird. It's like tight, like it doesn't want to move. Is it, do you get a feeling of pain too? Is it, is there pain associated with this feeling or is it just like a stiffness? Um, it's pain too. It's, it's a, it's a weird, it's like a, it is a pain and a stiffness. It's, it's a really strange feeling cause it's not like anything I've ever felt before. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to describe it's, and it, it's, it automatically causes me to limp. It's really, it's really strange. I don't, I don't like this that I feel like I'm 20 or 30 years older than I am suddenly. Um, so yeah, I mean, everything is painful. Like a lot of the time, the summer months are helping me. It's not summer yet, but it's warming up here where I am at in the Midwest. So as it warms up, it's not as bad. Thank God. Um, but yeah, it, the, the whole thing's been insane. Um, I'm trying to think of any other symptoms. I get headaches. I, I was getting headaches on and off. Like I said, the light sensitivity, my memory was bad, the brain fog. Um, just, you know, just, just crazy things happening. And um, I went to see my regular doctor again. I, I really didn't want to go see her. I, I saw my neurologist a few times because she believed me. Like she believed me and she actually was, she she was telling me that there's several other people just like me that she sees. Now her uh, other people that work in her office that are also neurologists tell all their patients they're having anxiety and it's not from the shot. That if something they have wrong, it came from something else because the shot's not doing this to people. Um, and I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm so glad I found her because I would be insane right now. Um, like a lot of the other vax injured people, they, they just, they, I can't, I can't imagine how horrible it is to, to have your own doctor not believe you. But I did finally go back to my regular doctor because I needed her to do a referral um, 
to, uh, I can't remember what I needed to do a referral. Cause like I'm trying to go back and forth, trying to get someone to do more tests or to do something. And like my regular doctor wouldn't do anything. She, she wouldn't like send me for extra things. She, she's like, well, you're not having it now. So you don't need to have a chest X-ray. You don't need to have an MRI. You don't need to have this and that because you seem like you're doing okay now. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? And I'm like, so now that you know I had many strokes, what do you think about all that? And she goes, she goes, it's just crazy. She goes, I've, I've never seen it. I've never seen this happen before. But I asked her, can you please run blood work on me? Cause I want to make sure that I'm okay. So finally it was February that she blood ran blood work on me. Um, and my, I had a high ANA level associated with scleroderma. Uh, but it, fortunately, it turned out not to be scleroderma. But, um, first, you know, obviously my my antibodies are going crazy because the spike protein is running all through my body. Um, and and she wanted to give me heart medication from my Renards. And I'm like, I, I can't see myself taking another pharmaceutical after a pharmaceutical did this to me. I, I actually... I, I I tried it for three days thinking, okay, well, maybe it will help me feel better because it, this is a horrible pain to be in. So I took it three days. It made me feel worse. And I'm like, then I actually started looking at looking up more stuff about it. And I'm like, okay, now how did I find these vaccine injury groups? Try to find a group that's associated with this. And I found out that's dangerous. They're not, it's not a safe drug to be on. Then the risks don't outweigh the benefits. So I went off of it. Um, so. I finally, after um, being in some vaccine groups and some COVID long haul groups, not that I have COVID long haul, but we have the same symptoms, someone found a doctor for me where I live. Um, I had to drive two hours, but I found a doctor from the FLCCC. And I told him everything that happened. And he put me on a really high dose of ivermectin. Um, I asked him about hyperbaric. He said it wouldn't help me for what's wrong with me. It's, and he said it's too late for IVIG because um, I was already seven and a half months by the time I saw a, do a doctor that actually treated vaccine injuries. He put me on 27 milligrams of ivermectin for two weeks straight. And uh, my God, I cannot tell you how much better I feel. I no longer have brain fog. I no longer have light sensitivity. My vision is clear. My blood pressure was spiking like up and down all the time. It doesn't do that anymore. It, I just, I can, I can think better. I actually feel a little bit better. Like I feel like I'm 75% recovered. Um, so it's, it was a miracle for me to find this doctor. He knows all about us. Like he didn't deny it. Like he knows it's happening. So that just, that just made me feel so good. Um, I, you know, I went back and told my neurologist that this stuff worked and she, cause I asked her before if she could prescribe me ivermectin cause I heard it worked and she wouldn't, of course she wouldn't cause she works for a hospital system. So she can't. So just, I just, wow. I don't even know what to say. I'm speechless. Even the, 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 the early treatment, the possible treatments, the effective treatments, the natural treatments are being suppressed. Why is this happening? You know, Terry, this, this frustrates me. But one thing I do want to say is that, you know, just to harken back to, you know, your testimony regarding ivermectin, 
ecstatic to hear that it has so much positive benefits for the vaccine injured. You know, you said it cleared up your brain fog. You know, this is significant progress that we should actually look on and, and make note of. You know, a lot of people are trying to downplay ivermectin as, as horse paste and, and stuff like that. And you say it was prescribed to you, it was like, what, 27 milligrams, you said, for two weeks? Yep. And you, you haven't milligrams. taken it. Did, have you taken it since then? No, I've not been taking it. Okay. But you've just seen significant improvement in your condition since that time. And you haven't, you haven't even continue to take it meaning it was like a permanent improvement after after being exposed to this treatment this protocol yeah i mean it seems that way i did i did call and ask for more just because i want to have it in case it stops working because you know they they explained to me what it is is it stops the spike protein from binding to your cells so hopefully it like gets excreted out of my body rather than grabbing onto the cells because even some of my like neuropathy symptoms they aren't as bad anymore so i think it has anti-inflammation properties as well yes um, it, it has anti-cancer properties anti-parasitic properties anti-inflammatory properties it is also a zinc ionophore which means that <laughs> it helps zinc get into the cells which stops the replication, um, the viral replication of the spike protein, right? Which is the, the main issue that people are suffering with this, this toxic spike protein, which is binding um, to their cells and causing their cells to become toxic and, and, and go into apoptosis, you know, which is basically cell death. So, um, and we can talk about, you know, the science and the exosomes and all of that stuff. I wish Dr. Angela was here. We definitely need to get her on the um, on the interview as well. All right. So let's continue. You're talking about the side effects, the range of side effects that you're experiencing. You mentioned paresthesia earlier, and you're talking about some of the pain. Let's, so let's get back on track with that. Um, I'm going to pass the mic back to you, Terry. Is there anything else you'd like to share regarding um, the scope of side effects that you're experiencing? Like I said, I mean, I haven't developed, I want to say I haven't developed anything new. I did have something recent happen and I want to say it's been too long, but who knows, maybe it's still connected because I've seen some other people have the same thing happen. I've had this strange thing happen to the right side of my head where I feel like almost like there's ants crawling on it, but it only happened for like a few seconds and then it stopped. So that kind of freaked me out. So like I live in this constant, like, um, alert thing when that when something like that happens i'm like okay what was that why did that okay happen? i have to i have to make this 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 interjection here and i'm sorry to cut you but it, it i'm having deja vu right now because um, one of the prior interviews that i um i had i think it was with vernetta she mentioned a similar sort of feeling you know she didn't describe it as ants but she said like there was she felt something on top of her head, like crawling and then like inserting something like uh, it felt like claws is, is how she described it. But, um, you know, I just think that's interesting because she took the Moderna and you took the Pfizer, but yet similar, similar um, side effects. Um, but back to you, Terry, please continue. I just wanted to make a note of that. Yeah, and I don't want to say it 
was that because I just don't know, I've, but I've just never had anything like that happen before. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, that may have just been nothing, you know, I'll just, I'll say it was nothing. I don't know. But um, well, I'm not, I, I don't want to discount your experience, Terry, you see. Um, and I don't want to say it was nothing. This is why I kind of brought up the, the other experience that I heard Vernetta talk about because, you know, she's trying to describe her symptoms, what she's feeling. And, you know, if you're not aware of some of the, the nanotechnology out there and, and, and what it can do, you might actually be talking to one of these persons who is trying to describe how they're feeling and these, these you know, these unknown symptoms they're going through something they've literally never felt before so imagine them in that position trying to describe what they're going through and it's all this 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 you know what may seem to some people as far-fetched but to me because I've, I've i've been hearing about it right now and it's it's becoming so common among the vaccine injured who have interviewed i, I just want to give you some more validity by by showing you that even persons from who have been exposed to other vaccines, not the Pfizer, are experiencing maybe not quite the same thing, but a similar type of side effect. You know what I'm saying? It's it's within the same scope of what we're talking about. Um, and the scope is wide. So when I hear things that are similar in terms of how they sound, um, I kind of make a note of that. So I do think there's validity to what you're saying right and we're seeing neurological complications as well so please don't let anybody discount you or tell you that you're crazy or or, or that you know it, it's nothing and you know just be in tune with your body and try to describe your um you know what you're feeling as as, as best as you can and with that being said i'm going to pass the mic back to you terry please go ahead okay um yeah so i don't know right now i'm mostly stuck with the the neuropathy pain with like the stiffness and the, the, the pain in my hip, um, noticeable limp sometimes, which is crazy for me to have a limp. Um, and then, uh, just the fingers and the toes thing that that still gets me. And I'm trying to figure out, um, I'm trying to heal in a different way. I've decided not to, I mean, ivermectin, yes, but I also know that's a very safe drug and it's been around for decades. But quick, 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 quick question, Terry. Did it, did the ivermectin um, have any effect on the, the, the clotting issues or the, the, the numbness? Remember you had talked about your hands going white at one point in time. Did, did the ivermectin help in that? In, Cause we were talking about ivermectin earlier. Did it help with that as well? That is, it did not help with any of that. That's what I'm like. It did not help with the small fiber neuropathy, which is what see. makes them hurt. Yeah, it did not. It did not help with that, um, unfortunately. Which is why I wanted to get more. I thought if I take more of this, maybe it'll make this go away too. Um, and then I just started thinking to myself, I should really save this in case I need it later on. So I decided to just save it for later purposes for if, if I need it for any reason. Um, so, you know, right now I'm just living my life, just trying to, you know, get through day by day. And, you know, I, like if I go to the grocery store um, and come home and do something, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm tired for a while, but it's not awful. Like it's, 
there's people that have such worse experiences than me. Um, but I'm doing like, like, I really feel like I'm doing 75% better compared to what I was because I actually had to hire somebody to help run my business because mentally I couldn't handle it. I was overwhelmed. I was exhausted. I was confused. I kept making mistakes and forgetting things. Um, so I've got that aspect being taken care of. Um, but I do feel like, um, taking time off away from anything that stresses me out is really important, um, for my healing because I'm trying to, like, I've, I've quit eating. Well, I haven't completely cut out sugar, but I, I'm a sugar holic. Like <laughs> I love sugar. So I know I really need to cut that out. So I'm doing a lot of big steps to do that. Um, so I'm just trying to make myself a healthier person overall. Um, yes. What about drinking? Um, do you drink lots of water, Terry? As I sit here next to my gallon jug, yes, I drink a gallon of water every day. I put lemon in it and cucumbers, and I even put cilantro in it today. That is awesome. That is awesome. It sounds like you're you're on the right path. You may, I mean, even before you took the job, you know, you you lived a pretty healthy life based on what I'm seeing here in your post. Um, so you know. I trust that you you'll be on your way to recovery, Terry. Especially since you have access to um, um, some of these treatments that are very effective. So I know ivermectin is a bit scarce in certain places and it's hard to get. But um, one one particular modality of treatment is not gonna cure everything. And because of, there's a wide scope of things that we're dealing with with these um, the vaccine injury. So. Um, you know, we we can talk off air about some of the other treatment modalities and options that you know you can look look at. But it's, it's quite fascinating to to see the shift in paradigm now that some of the vaccine injured are coming together and forming support groups and and helping each other to get through this. So you know, um, maybe maybe you'd like to talk a little bit about some of these vaccine support groups that you've you've been in contact with before we we close out. Um, the support groups, there's one called Real Not Rare, and um, that's a really good one, and you don't get censored on that one. Um, we have some on Facebook, um, and you know, when I first this first happened to me, I really thought it was rare. I really thought, well, what are my chances? What, you know, what do you know? And then a friend of mine, I shared my story on Facebook about a month later, and someone referred me to a group, and then I found several groups, and there's hundreds of thousands of us, probably millions, but just on Facebook, there's hundreds of thousands. And a lot of us have combined our groups with um, long haul COVID people because we have the same symptoms and we've learned a lot from each other. Um, it, and it's great to have the groups because without the groups, I would never have found FLCCC. Um, without the groups, a lot of us wouldn't know what to do right now. So there's actually <laughs> someone who also vaccine injured has put together um, kind of like a Wikipedia site for vaccine injured, like telling you what blood work you need, what tests you need to have run, what medication has been helping people, what supplements have been helping people. I mean, because we have to do it ourselves because nobody else is doing it. Oh, like, that literally. is very useful. That is so useful, Terry. Like, you know, may maybe we should, you know, have a little networking session, you know, after we close out and, you know, we can share some of that information because I think I like to document some of that and maybe I can share it with some of the other platforms. Please, please continue. And then we can move into um, some of the other things that we wanted to discuss before we close out. 
Um, don't let me forget the gaslighting aspect. Um, but back to you, Terry. Yeah, well, now that you just said that, you know, I'm going to go into that instead. <laughs> no, but the support groups have been great. Um, but I actually don't go to them much anymore because it's depressing. So many people refuse to try ivermectin. And it, it makes me so, so sad. And, you know, I, I try to tell them, here's what I'm taking. And by the way, I had no side effects from 27 milligrams and I'm only 129 pounds. Um, that I had didn't have a single side effect. And I, I just wish more people wouldn't be afraid to try it because even if you don't get fully physically better, your brain will get better. You'll feel better. And once you feel better, everything is better. And then you can start trying to figure out what the heck's going on and make plans for yourself, especially in this insane time that we're living in. And, and just, but I do want to say something that I've never really talked to any other vaccine injured people about this, but I was listening to another group today about, um, you know, the WHO and if they get power and blah, blah, blah. And I, I really worry about these mandating, mandating these again, because so many people are like, oh yeah, we got to do whatever we have to do to save the world. And they have no information to actually be saying that there's no proof. There's no evidence, anything to say that would actually work because clearly we found out it doesn't work, but that would kill me. Like I literally asked my doctor, what would happen if I tried to take another dose? And she said, it could very well kill you. Even if there's an EpiPen there, you could die. I also know I probably would die, not from an anaphylactic shock. I'd probably have an actual stroke this time. So the fear that is deep inside of me from this is it's awful to have that fear that that could happen. Um, so everyone needs to like, really, you guys, we have to stop complying. We have to stop just trusting our doctors. I was just telling my dad, your doctor doesn't know anything more than what they're told by the CDC. And by the way, I reported my, my injury to VARES back in, it was probably the beginning of August because I wasn't feeling well enough, maybe the middle of August. I still haven't had anything. I've had no contact from them other than saying they got my submission. No one's like calling us. And it, that's why I'm like, they don't report on us. And when they don't report on us, we try to tell people what's happened to us. And they tell us we're lying or that it was something else or it was something that was already in our body. And it's like the worst feeling to not only have a doctor tell you that it's not the vaccine. And like I said, my doctors say it, 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 well, one of them says it is, and the other's like, well, it does correlate and we can't find any other reason. But to have doctors do that to people and tell them that they just have anxiety or it couldn't be that. Um, and some people's doctors tell them they still need to get the booster. It's, it's insane. And then to go and see on the news or to see commercials acting like this thing is safe and you're safer to get that than to get COVID. I'm like, this is insane. I don't even understand what kind of world we're living in right now where you could actually make that statement. You know, Terry, important points you brought up. And I guess I'll talk for like maybe just a minute here on this. You know, so natural immunity was downplayed to the point where it became a talking point that scientists were not even acknowledging that we have natural immunity, right? We, we, we started to see this, and it, this is part of the pharmaceutical agenda. So, you know, every step 
in this process, in these events that has played out, has caused other things to happen in this great sequence and chain of events. Now, when we look on the impact that it has had on the persons who are vaccine injured and how they are being discounted, their stories are being shunned and people are telling them they're crazy and they're telling them it's not from the vaccine when it, it so clearly is. This is a problem, right? This is what is going into the, you know, and many people have talked about the mass, the COVID-19 mass formation psychosis, you know, people's mindset because of the information that they've been exposed to. You know, they think a certain type of way. You know, they have a certain thought process when you start to bring up vaccines. And then you have, you know, some people who their ego starts to get into it where it's like, well, you don't know anything because, you know, you're not a doctor or you're not a medical professional or you're not qualified. You know how many times I hear that? But that's never going to stop us, Terry, from, you know, putting the word out there and continuing to speak out. So this is very important, but please continue. Um, and then we're going to wrap up in a few minutes. Um, do you have anything more to say? I really, I just wanted to let everyone know, like between my daughter and I, um, when I told her this happened to me, this, this makes her sound really bad, but this is how brainwashed people are. When I told her what happened, she said, mom, I'm sorry that your body didn't accept the vaccine. Um, and that was her reply. And I haven't really, you know, when she saw me, when, when I did go visit her recently, she saw me limping and she, she usually sees me as a very fit 55 year old mama in a bikini at her pool looking hot. Okay. Now she's watching me walk around limping, not being able to do as much as I used to do. So she sees it's real now. And she actually did say to me, because I keep begging her not to get her babies vaccinated because she wants to do it. And I'm, I, we've gone back and forth with this to the point where if I bring it up again, we probably won't be talking anymore. Um, but she did finally admit that she acknowledged that people are being hurt by the vaccines, by the jabs. She did acknowledge it. So I'm hoping that she's waking up and I'm hoping that we can all wake somebody up. If each of us wakes up one person and that person wakes up another person, anything we can do. And I, I worry too, I wanna say something else about the people that aren't having reactions right away. My sister, she was double jabbed. And um, in December, she found out that she went in to get like her annual and she also got her booster that day. And then when she got her blood work, they found out that her liver enzymes are double what they should be. And they did a sonogram or I don't know what they did, but they found that she has tumors on her kidney and liver. So whether that may be related or not, I don't know. But after my brother got his booster, after I tried to talk him out of it, he ended up getting chest pain and his blood pressure was elevated for a few weeks. And so was his resting heart rate. And he's a runner. Like my family is very fit and healthy and active people. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be a genetic component to this. My dad is okay. My dad's had three shots. I talked him out of the number four. He's okay. He just called me actually to tell me all his blood work and his blood flow looks great. So um, I keep thinking if there's a genetic factor, it must be from my mother's side, but we need to figure this out. Somebody has to figure this out. We can't keep doing this. This, this can't keep going on. I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's just, we have to find a way to make this stop. 
Thank you so much for sharing, Terry. Um, I want to confirm some of the things you brought up, you know, before we close out. Yes, there is a genetic factor. We have confirmed this already, and I have um, I've seen some papers on this. It specifically relates to the, the ACE2 receptor, and there's a lot of science on that regarding um, genes and different phenotypes and how they display this, this ACE2 receptor on the cells. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a bit sciencey, but yeah, there is a genetic aspect to it. However, you know, seeing as how you're a fit person, you know, you describe yourself as somebody who's, you know, very active. I want to mention that there is a correlation that we're seeing with athletes, right, and some of the the effects. Athletes specifically, some of them seem to be suffering after the jab. Do you, you know? And I'm I'm not sure if this is related to the elevated heart rates in addition to you know the blood clotting factor and the toxic spike protein that's causing like a near immediate type of stroke effect in these athletes once you know they start to get really active so you know I, i'm this is my thinking my thought process on it because we have seen evidence of that but i just want to let you know that you know persons who are fit are also going through this as well right so there's there's some overlapping correlations and you know there's many factors that go into how your body reacts to it but i'm sorry to to hear what your you know your daughter said about it initially but i'm glad to hear that she is coming around and she has acknowledged the fact that people are being injured by this bioweapon these jabs so maybe you can share this recording with your daughter and you know she can understand a little bit more if she hasn't heard you know you speak about it already um, but we do have the evidence, Terry. So we'll talk some more um, off air and we'll connect. And yeah, do you have any final words that you would like to say to the audience before we close out? Just thank you, everybody, for um, being here to listen to my story um, and to listen to everybody's stories and just something else that you can share with other people, our stories, and hopefully open some eyes. I mean, that's it. I mean, my my job now here is just to, you know, alert people to what can happen to give you real informed consent so that you actually know what's happening and not just they're safe and effective. You need to know all these things can happen to you. And I, I did forget to mention, though, when I did try working out about a month after this happened to me, my heart rate was so high, I was scared. So I stopped working out for like six months. <laughs> I still can't really work out anymore. But um, yeah, so just it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, how healthy you are. It can it can happen to anybody. So that's all I have to say about it. Thank you so much, Terry, for taking your time, your energy to share your story with us today. And for those of you in the audience, I'll do a quick recap. So we talked about um, Terry's vaccine injured story. We spoke about the treatment um, that she was exposed to. She you know, benefited a lot from ivermectin, um, and it's 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 a permanent um, positive benefit that she is seeing from that. We talked about various support groups as well, the circumstances under which um, she took the vaccine and her whole story, and we also kind of towards the end talked about you know the the gaslighting of the vaccine injured. And one thing I'll say on that particular topic is that it's not okay, people. Find your heart, right? Um, they're trying to divide us right now 
between along the lines of vaccinated and unvaccinated and this is not cool this this is not cool right guys um we need to make sure that you know statements like the pure bloods stuff like that i mean we don't need to be shoving that into people's face just because you know you didn't take the vaccine everybody um was under different circumstances different factors led them to make that decision and you know we have to be there to support them at this time um i, th I feel i feel that you know this sort of language is gonna cause more division than you know the unification that we need right now so i just wanted to bring some a heightened sense of awareness to certain to certain aspects um it doesn't need to be thrown in their face guys and and yes you know i was talking to somebody who was vaccine injured the other day and and you know we were talking about this very same thing the, and we may need a untainted supply of blood of course right and for, that's for various purposes for medical purposes but we do not need to be shoving this ideology into the face of the vaccine injured i think it's offensive and i think um, we need to be a bit more aware and sensitive to their plights as well so with that being said um, i'm researcher staff um, thank you so much for joining us this is seeking truths revealing lies this is episode number five part of the vaccine injured series i want to thank terry once again for sharing her time and energy with us take care guys you want answers i think i'm entitled you want answers greetings from jamaica researcher stuff in the building talk to people you yes. want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Talk to people like that. I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.